What an incredible salvation God has given to us. God's glory had dwelt in the tabernacle in the Old Testament in the temple. But now, now the glory of God, the Lord Jesus Christ now would dwell in the hearts of men. As He would come and give His life for you and me. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Royal Reese in Diamond Bar, California. We are so glad to have you along with us today for our year-end focus on the Lord's love. Today, as Royal explores how God orchestrated the miraculous details of Jesus' birth, you'll see that you can fully trust the Bible's promises of salvation. Jesus left heaven to set us free from sin and give us eternal life. It's up to us to put our faith in Him and receive these blessings. In Luke chapter 2, here's Raul Reese with the second part of the lesson, The Newborn Baby. Let's look at chapter uh, 2, verses 1 through 7, the first part, because Dr. Luke here is going to give us three glimpses into the early years of our Lord Jesus Christ. First of all, we have Jesus' birth that drew Mary and Joseph to the city of Bethlehem. To me, it's amazing how God works divinely. How God stirred up Caesar Augustus, And Quirinius, the one that was governor of Syria at this particular time, where he actually got stirred up and the whole country was stirred up for people to be taxed. And God used that taxation to stir up Joseph and Mary to move from Nazareth over to Bethlehem. Why? Because she was almost due with the baby. And the baby, according to the scriptures, would not be born in Nazareth or the Galilee. He would be born where? In Bethlehem. Imagine that. Everything works by divine appointment. Nothing by coincidence here. Now, when you look at the census, it's really incredible how God's divine hand is on the whole matter. And when you think of what Jesus Christ not only becomes to you and to myself, but the purpose of His coming. When you go back to the book of Genesis chapter 3, 15, and you read of the promise given by Moses at the beginning of the book of Genesis concerning Jesus Christ Himself in His birth. It's really incredible. And the reason is because God promised That the Savior of the world would be human, not an angel. Like the Jehovah Witnesses say. That he's an angel, an archangel. Not so. He was human, divine God. In Genesis 3.15, he said, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. And he shall bruise your head. And you shall bruise his heel. Speaking of the defeat of Satan. By Jesus himself. Already made the proclamation. 
Then again confirm in Hebrews 2.16. For indeed he does not give aid to angels. But he Jesus does give aid to the seed of Abraham. Why? Because Abraham prophesied that through his seed all of the world would be blessed. As Jesus Christ would come through the seed of Abraham. You see? All the way through the genealogies of Christ. Secondly... God promised that Jesus would be a Jew, not a Gentile. In Genesis 12, 1 and 2 and 3, Abraham said, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, far from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you, and you and all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Notice that. Through Abraham, the Lord would bless his family all the way through. Numbers 24, 17. I see him, but not now, and I behold him, but not near. A star shall come from Jacob, a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and a batter of bro of Moab, and destroy all the sons of Thomas. Speaking of Jesus Christ coming again to the scepter of Judah. Three, God promised that he would be from the tribe of Judah and the family of David. Genesis 49.10 says, The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh comes, Jesus, and to him shall be the obedience of the people. Notice that way back in the book of Genesis. Then again, David, in 2 Samuel 7.1 to verse 8. And now it came to pass when the king was dwelling in his house. And the Lord had given his rest from all his enemies all around. That the king said to Nathan the prophet. See now I dwell in a house of cedar. But the ark of God dwells inside the tent curtains. And then Nathan the prophet said to the king. Go and do all that is in your heart for the Lord is with you. But it happened that that night. That the word of the Lord came to Nathan the prophet saying, Go and tell David my servant, Thus saith the Lord, Would you build a house for me to dwell in? For I have not dwelt in a house since the time that I brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. Even till this day, but have moved about in a tent and in a tabernacle. Wherever I have moved about with all the children of Israel, Have I ever spoken a word to anyone from the tribes of Israel? Whom I command to shepherd my people Israel, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now therefore, thus shall you say to my servant David, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I took you from the sheepfold, from following the sheep, to be the ruler of my people over Israel. And I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have cut off all your enemies from before you, and have made you a great name, like the name of the great men who are on the earth. Moreover, I, God, will appoint a place for my people Israel. I will plant them that they may dwell in a place of their own and move no more. Nor shall the sons of the wickedness oppress them any more as previously. Since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel and have caused you to rest from all your enemies, also the Lord tells you that He will make you a house. And when your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers... 
I will set up your seed after you who will come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. Who's that? Solomon. Then he said this. He shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father. He shall be my son. And if he commits iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the blows of the sons of men. But my mercy shall not depart from him as I took it from Saul, whom I removed before you. And your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. Your throne shall be established forever according to all these words and according to all the vision. So Nathan spoke to David, speaking of Solomon, all the way to Jesus Christ, the promise of God building a house for himself. And then fourthly, God promised that he would be born of a virgin. No consummation sexual encounter between husband and wife. Isaiah 7, 14, 750 years before. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Which means what God is with us. And to me it's so sad because Mary and Joseph were already not only husband and wife. But since they did not consummate their marriage until after Jesus was born, she is called not only the spouse of Joseph, but at the same time when they came to Jerusalem and they came to Bethlehem, what happened? She was tired. She was nine months pregnant. And they've been traveling for 80 miles. And as they're coming into Bethlehem, all of a sudden she begins to feel the pain and maybe the contractions. And she says, Joseph, I think the baby is coming. And he had to think quickly. And as they went out of town, somewhere in Bethlehem, they found probably in the shepherd's field, a little cave where they went in and they camped out. And there Jesus Christ was born, our Savior. Not in Herod's palace, but out in the boonies, just as the Bible had said. And when Jesus was born, the first thing they did is they wrapped him very tight. Remember, it talks about it here. Look again at verse 6. And so it was that while they were there in the days they were completed for her to deliver, that she brought forth her firstborn son, and they wrapped him with swaddling cloth. Why would they do that? Believe it or not, medically, it's to actually firm the limbs. And actually, when the baby was born, it was to actually put the limbs in place so they would be strengthened. That's why they would wrap the babies like that. And it's so neat because you begin to see that as Jesus was wrapped, you know, with swaddling cloth, then they laid him in the manger. And the word translated manger here is a stall. It could mean either a feeding trough or an enclosed place for animals are kept. And I believe that's where it was. Where they kept the animals. This is where Jesus was born. It is rich, historic heritage, including not only the death there in Bethlehem of Rachel, and the birth of Benjamin, but the marriage of Ruth, and the exploits of David in the city of Bethlehem. A lot of history in Bethlehem. When you go there, it's pretty interesting when you see this beautiful place taken over by the Arabs today. But it's kind of neat. 
God has preserved it that way. And then look at verse 8 through 14. Now the second part. The birth that drew the angels from heaven. Who were the first people to come to the initiation of the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Well, according to Luke, it was the shepherds. Imagine that. Who were the shepherds? The shepherds, at this particular time, they were actually watching over the lambs. They were sacrificed in the temple. What a beautiful picture. Imagine that. John the Baptist, when he saw Jesus, said, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Jesus becoming the Lamb of God. And here God Himself, out of all eternity, uses the shepherds to be the first ones to be informed by the angel Gabriel. As he came and he spoke to them and shared concerning the Messiah being born. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165 for more resources illuminating God's great love for you. Rawl also shares biblical insight on his YouTube program, Straight Talk, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. West Coast time. Now let's hear the conclusion of our study today from Luke chapter 2. Now that we're in that same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord, we believe this is uh, Gabriel again, stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were greatly afraid. Can you imagine? Here they are. I mean, they're not educated people. They're taking care of sheep. And all of a sudden, the whole area lights up with the glory of God. The Shekinah glory of God. And behold, the angel came, and the Lord stood before them, and the glory of God shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Verse 10. And then the angel said unto them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all the people. Now what is God doing? God is going to the shepherds, and the shepherds will be the first ones to do what? To take the message out to the people. Notice that the nobodies will be the ones to take the message of the Messiah being born. Verse 11. For there is born to you this day, In the city of David, a Savior who is the Christ the Lord. There it is. Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. The Lord, Curious. Luke uses the name Jesus over a hundred times in the Gospel of Luke. And the word Lord, Curious, over a hundred times. And yet, the disciples, not once in the Gospel of Luke, ever called Jesus by name. Always Lord in the Gospel of Luke. Over a hundred times. Pretty interesting. Verse 12. And then this will be a sign to you. What sign? You will find the baby wrapped up in swaddling cloth. Lying in a manger. Notice that. But suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts. Praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill towards all men. Man, don't you wish there were recorders at that time? <laughs> Can you imagine recording the angels singing? 
That great song, glory to God in the highest and on earth in peace. How amazing the angels must have been amazed when not only they saw the glory of God, but to recognize that the creator of heaven and earth, now incarnate in the flesh, is right there in their city. And they're going to get to see him. And they're going to get to behold him. And yet the best commentary and the best response from our hearts was to do what? As they saw the glory of God is to do what? To worship the Lord. That's the natural thing to do. Just to sit there and praise and worship God. That's why it's so important when we come to church to get here a little bit early. So when we're worshiping and singing... Not to skip the singing, but that's a time of preparation of what? My heart to receive the word of God in my heart. And the shepherds were not easily fooled. They knew what was going on. They were not that dumb. They were smart. And so when they came to the shepherds, immediately their heart was touched by the Lord. As the Messiah was now to be born as the King of Kings and the Savior of the world. Notice, first of all, one angel appeared by the name of Gabriel, and then he gave the glad tidings. And then the chorus of angels began to glorify, and they joined in an anthem of praise. This is a song given by the angels to worship the Lord Jesus Christ with full power. The whole purpose of the plan of salvation is what? Through the glory of God. To the glory and to the praise of God. Ephesians 1, six says, To the praise of the glory of His grace, by which He has made us accepted in the Beloved. What an incredible salvation God has given to us. God's glory had dwelt in the tabernacle in the Old Testament, in the temple. But now, now the glory of God, the Lord Jesus Christ now, would dwell in the hearts of men. As He would come and give His life for you and me. Part 3. Look at verses 15 to 24. Jesus' birth not drawn by the shepherds from the field. Let's begin reading verse 15. And so it was that when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us not go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, when the Lord has made known unto us. And they came with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told to them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled, and those things which were told to them by the shepherds. But check this out. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Mary means bitterness. She would suffer tremendously as she would watch her son, Jesus Christ, be killed on the cross. And then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, as I has told of to them. And when the eight day was completed, for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Notice the confirmation of the child Jesus. These shepherds are good examples for us to do what? To imitate today as worshipers of God. They received the message by faith that God sent to them, and they responded immediately, how? By obedience and by faith. Believing the word of God. Then they after found the baby. 
They reported what? The good news or the gospel. To who? To others that had not been there. And then they humbly returned to their duties. Not as old shepherds, but as new men. Going back to the same old job, but now as true worshipers of God. Can you imagine what a difference that was? To know that those lambs that are going into the temple to be slaughtered, that one day behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. As they would watch Jesus Christ humble himself and give his life up for each one of us so that we could not only receive eternal life, but remember what Jesus also said to the Samaritan woman. Those that worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. God is the spirit. And those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The word truth means in reality. God has to be real in my life. That's what it's all about. Now why would Jesus be circumcised? Because it was in the law. According to Genesis 79 through 14. The law of circumcision was established with Abraham himself. It was not just the cutting off of the skin. But literally, it was the cutting off of the flesh. A type of the flesh that had to be cut off to be clean. Not to be unclean, according to the scripture. And now Mary and Joseph, after they circumcised the child, look what it says again in verse 22. And now when the days of our purification, according to the law of Moses, were completed, they... Did what? They brought him to Jerusalem to present him before the Lord. You know on Sunday morning in the third service we dedicate children. That's where we get it from. We dedicate them unto the Lord. Why? Because they're just infants. If they were to die they would go to heaven. But we dedicate them so that God in bringing them up in the ways of the Lord. Those children from the day they were born. And dedicated until the day they die. We're making them not only responsible and accountable. But we give them to God so that God can use them to bring glory and honor to His holy name. If you've never received God's gift of salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ, we hope today's lesson has helped you sort through any hesitations you might have and come to a place of full trust in Him for forgiveness of sins. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Maybe you'd like to share a copy of today's message with a friend or family member. If so, we can send you an unedited version for a gift of $5 or more. Just call 800-634-9165 and mention today's teaching titled, The Newborn Baby. Now, before Raul returns with a final thought, we'd like you to know about his four-message audio series simply titled, Salvation. It's a Bible-based study that sheds more light on the Lord's global rescue plan and illuminates why we all need Jesus. You'll see that there is no condemnation for those in Christ, only forgiveness and hope of eternal life. So act now. Visit us online at somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165 and we'll send you Rawls' 4-CD Salvation Collection for a gift of $18 or more. Once again, our phone number is 800-634-9165. To order by writing us, our mailing address is Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. 
Well, as the final days of 2022 are drawing to a close, we'd like to thank you for the many ways you've supported Somebody Loves You Radio. Next year, we'd like to reach even more people with Rawls' teaching and a variety of discipleship resources that will help people grow in Christ-likeness and in faithfulness. We welcome your tax-deductible contributions. They're a tangible way you can become involved in this evangelistic ministry. Be sure to join us next time for the conclusion of this year-end series, Meditating on God's Mighty Saving Love. As we explore the surprising faith of a group of Babylonian astrologists, you'll be challenged to honestly evaluate your own personal response to Jesus. With a final comment, here's Rawl. Now the reason he talks about this time of ceremonial uncleanness is because when a woman in that culture had a baby in Israel... Seven days of ceremonial uncleanness were observed up to eight days when the child was circumcised. The woman would be bleeding, according to Leviticus 12.1 through verse 4. But then, also, Mary, remember, was poor. She was poor. Joseph and her had no money. And the turtle doves that were brought to the sacrifice were the sacrifices of the poor. Only the rich could buy the lambs and the goats. But the poor could only afford a bird or a turtle dove. And what a beautiful picture of the turtle dove according to the book of Leviticus 12. It is a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ when He goes to the cross. And what does He do? He brings redemption to every one of our lives. The Redeemer. A type of of things to come, and not Jesus Christ fulfilling what he said in the Old Testament. What an incredible sacrifice. Jesus Christ, the sacrifice of the world. For everyone and anyone that wants to come to Jesus Christ, he can do that by admitting that he or she has sinned against God, and then Jesus Christ can be asked into your heart, and he'll save you, and He'll cleanse you, and He'll wash you, and He'll write your name in the book of life. And you have the promise and the confidence that if you were to die today, you would go to heaven. That's the promise He gives to us. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.